I'm looking at you too. I can't even see you. I'm looking at you through the. Oh. It's like a lens. <laughs> we're really, we're really short mm. in here. All I know. Well. Okay. I feel like we should pull this thing down. Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. <laughs> well, hello, Dave and Melina here, uh, New Wealth Advisors Club. Dave and Melina Boswell, that is, and we are. Today we are going to, we're going to teach you a lesson, a lesson that uh, <laughs> we've learned um, in real estate deals are not found, they are created. Write that down. Real estate deals are not found, they are created. And I am staring at one of the most creative people that I've ever had the privilege of being around, my wife. And it's only the two of us here today. I know. How awesome. It's so awesome. Right? Except there's people over there watching I know, us. in the booth. In the booth, so we can't do anything crazy. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a, um, a deal that that came across our desk where, I mean, I don't know how many people probably looked at it before us, but a lot of them. And there was this conversation of, this is just a straight short sale, and we've got to try to short sell this house, and... You know, it's a short sale because it's buried. It's got lien after lien after lien, and it's going to auction. It's gonna, it's going to be sold. Yep. And in in our office, one of the things that we constantly talk about is that um, there's no such thing as a real estate emergency, mm-hmm. right? And you say that why exactly? Well, anytime you have an emergency situation, you always miss details. So mm. you you know, it, it's never a good practice. Uh, unfortunately. They come. I mean, we have to actually have the rule because they happen often, <laughs> and and oftentimes the the emergency is what what creates the opportunity. Right. So we say there's no such thing, and we we uh, we do operate in that way. But every once in a while, something comes up where you just have to violate your own rules, <laughs> <laughs> or we stretch them. We stretch them. To, yeah. If we can do that, then yeah. maybe this is a possibility. Yes. So this deal, let's well, let's break it down. This was a, a referral from someone that knew uh, what we do. Yep. And um, obviously, one of the things that we practice and we and we preach is that you know you need to tell everyone what you do. Yes. Right. I don't care whether you're working on your first deal right now, or you've been in this game forever. At the end of the day, we have to. There's a need to advertise to let people know that we're real estate investors and. Mm-hmm. As a real estate investor, we're nothing more than problem solvers, right? right? So um, our ultimate goal is that we we put this, whoever we come in contact with is we put them in a better spot than we found them. Yes. So this was kind of, um, this this has some, some sensitive issues in it, so we'll be sensitive to this. We won't use anybody's names and or addresses or cities or anything like that just so because I know it has some sensitive mm-hmm. stuff and, and, and the individuals could, could hear this at some point. We don't, we don't want to air their dirty laundry. But this was a husband and wife that had – were they divorced yet or were they just yes, separated? They were, they were divorced. They were divorced, both still on title? Yes. Yeah. So the, we have a first mortgage. Yes. We have a second mortgage. Yes. <laughs> we have a franchise tax board lien. Correct. For unpaid personal taxes. Income taxes, yes. Income taxes, not uh-huh. property taxes. Right. Big distinction. Huge. Yeah. Property and taxes are always number one in line, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah, it's a myth. People think, oh, I can negotiate property taxes. No, you cannot. <laughs> right. But, well, we'll come back to that. Number four was a lien by 
uh, an attorney's office? Yes. For a creditor. Mm-hmm. A creditor. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we stack all these liens up, and and I'm doing some really quick math. Let's see, two fifty on the first, roughly. Approximately. Yes. One forty-ish on yep. the second. Yes. Thirty thousand, I think it was. Uh, I F- believe. FTBs. I think I think that was the number. And twelve thousand. Twelve thousand to, to the, the fourth. Yeah. So two nine four twenty some somewhere around four hundred and thirty thousand dollars is what was owed on this place. Right. Right. Okay. And and it was actually, I believe, more than that. I want to say, I think there was three hundred owed on the first. I was going to say, yes. say that. I think three hundred was on the first. The first was three hundred. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we're probably pushing upwards of four fifty, four seventy in that ballpark. That's yes. that's owed on this place. That's why we were initially like, oof. Yes. So, you went out to go look at the property without me. Correct. And um, and I think you took Frank with you. Yes, I think that's correct as well. So, it's in a nice area. Yes. Nice view. Yep. Nice street. Nice street. Yeah. And you walk in to meet the ex that's there. Yes. And what did you find? Um, I found a very dark um, home. It was a house. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was dark in terms of energy. You know, I, after doing this for so many years, you walk into a home and and it, you can pick up energy of it immediately. This was one of those. I walked in and the energy was immediately heavy, mm. negative. Even though the home itself, you know, the sticks were pretty, but nothing about it was was attractive to me. Mm-hmm. So um, it was very dirty, uh, mm-hmm. which I've walked into plenty of dirty homes. I've walked into hoarder hoarder homes and dirty homes and still the energy is good this was not one of them this was one where the house itself was nice but the the energy in the home was very very negative very it was oppressive Mm, okay on top of being filthy dirty yeah so and filthy dirty was i think is an understatement yeah based on (laughs) it was it was dangerous dirty yeah so dangerous that it was actually at one point yeah um, well, it had been deemed uh, uninhabitable at one point because of just of filth. Mm. Wow, that which takes quite a bit. Yes. Yeah, so we've been in some really nasty, dirty homes. So we went, you asked me to go take a look at it. I go up, take a look at it, and I'm like, this house needs a lot of work. Yes. And it's in a really nice neighborhood, and it had, you know, it was built like 1999, so didn't have a lot of time to deteriorate or mm-hmm. have, you know, that much deferred maintenance. It was more neglect. Right. Ne- not, not, a, not even neglect, abuse, as Correct. we, as we said. So, okay. So <clears throat> we're looking at it. We got, let's call it roughly 300 on the first, 140 on the second. So we're at 440 already. Yes. And we thought the house would sell for around five to 515, I think. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Once more it's like fixed. yeah. I mean, ARV was anywhere between four seventy five. I believe I was estimating the ARV to be at four seventy five. That's what I felt safe and comfortable at. Okay. I knew that there wasn't, you know, possibly it could go for more, but really the ARV was by all intents and purposes four seventy five. Got it. So ARV after repair value. Yes. So once we fix this place up, we're going to sell for four seventy five. Well, if we got to pay three hundred to the first, one hundred and forty to the second, we're at four forty. Thirty five thousand dollars to repair it would get us there, not including any closing costs, money costs, nothing in there. So there is no room to be made. This house needs at least every bit of forty, fifty, sixty grand to 
to get up to par. Yes. Yeah. So we got a problem. Yes. We got a big problem. Yes. On top of it, we have a looming auction date. Yes, the first was in foreclosure, mm. and uh, there, there was actually a, an auction date set. So I had a we had a very short timeline. This is where it became an emergency because there was an auction date set. So I know this is what you do all day, every day. Yeah. And those that may be listening, to this might not know. So talk about the, that foreclosure timeline. So when you say there's no real estate emergency, it's because there's a lot of time Correct. that takes place. So Give us a yeah. So it, it basically, uh, there is a, approximately a, a six-month um, window um, for the for a non-judicial foreclosure to to go through. So a non-judicial foreclosure, um, the commencement is no sooner than um, four months behind on on mortgage payments. So basically, somebody would be behind three months after their third month on month four, the lender could um, initiate the non-judicial foreclosure process. Once that's happened, it's in pre-foreclosure. Hence the notice of default. The notice of default. Yeah. Okay. Once that happens, then you have approximately 111 days. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's say this: um, a, a minimum of um, 111 days. So it could go, yeah, before, uh, before the house could actually go to auction. Okay. So we've got we've got roughly, like you said, six months plus. Yeah, six but, to seven months that okay. somebody has not made mortgage payments that they know a, a problem is there. Okay. <laughs> But unfortunately, most people don't start to act until they're, you know, if you have 111 days, they start getting nervous around day 88. <laughs> so they bring it to us in the last minute. Yeah. And, and that's where we get those emergencies. Mm-hmm. So this one comes and I immediately said, I just, number one, I don't see this as being worth it. We had a lot of challenges. So the ex-husband... Um, knew us and said, yeah, we, you know, may, is there something we can do to help? And he was really coming from a perspective of, I want to help also my ex. Yes. He wasn't really, he wasn't really looking for anything himself. No, not at all. Yeah. He was very much. Well, she was still living in the home and she had nowhere to go. So right. he was concerned and he had shared custody of his children. So there was, you know, there was serious, serious issues happening. Right. And she, well, we'll just say she was suffering from, Addiction mm-hmm. and substance yeah. abuse. Yeah, and she wasn't, you know, necessarily living in in reality of of the severity of the situation. You know, I I, I always say people when when they have a scenario like this, um, it, it's a colossal problem. People have one of two reactions, which is right, fight or flight. Mm. So uh, the flight looks like we just bury our head in the sand yeah. and do nothing. And that's, yeah. that's what she was, that's really what she was doing. You know, yeah. when I went over there, she was like still, she was like, you know, working part time and just kind of like, oh, I have to get to work and not, you know, just not facing the, the reality of you have a house full of stuff and uh, the house is going to go to auction. Something is going to happen um, in the next, you know, 10 days uh, and nothing, you know, the house was, there was some boxes, but there was a lot of furniture and, you know, there was no semblance. And then she had no idea where she was going to go. And no money to get there. Right. Yeah. So, so you, we looked at this and we said, okay, so what do we do? So we got all these liens stacked up, right? Mm-hmm. So if we buy this house, we're going to be responsible for those liens. Then we had the conversation of maybe we just let the first go to auction. Yes. So if the first goes to auction, what happens to all those other liens? They get wiped out. Yeah. So for $300,000, somebody goes to auction, they could buy this place, and ultimately she'd be on her own. Yep. Right? So mm-hmm. somebody knock at the door, mm-hmm. hi, I bought your house, 
here's your eviction notice. Right. Maybe give her a couple of bucks to, mm-hmm. to help her move along. Or we could step in. Yeah. <laughs> and you chose <laughs> to step, step in. Step in, yes. So what did you do first? So yeah, walk the us first through this thing, Yeah, so the first thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to talk to the second because that was the biggest, in my mind, that was the, the biggest hindrance in, in this equation. Uh, it was, you know, I, I knew that the first was in an equitable position. and Meaning they're getting paid no matter what. They're going to get paid off no matter what. So they had no reason. And although they were the one that was foreclosing on the property, they had, uh, they had nothing to lose. So if they Absolutely. went to foreclosure, they'd get paid off in full. So there was really no point in negotiating with them. No leverage there. No leverage. Yep. So the whole, all of the leverage in my mind was with the second lien holder. So that's why I started. I started with the second lien holder. It was $140,000. And so I started having a conversation with them to negotiate uh, what could possibly be. And a, and a key on that one was mm-hmm. it was not with the mortgage company anymore. Correct. They had sold their, because uh, it, it was actually a, um, a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. So they had sold it to a third-party collection agency. So in essence, they wrote it off their books, Yeah. said, we're not going to collect from this. Mm-hmm. And so we'll just take something, they get a collection agent. Correct. Okay. So so you recognize there's some leverage potential there with the... Yeah. Well, I immediately know, well, so the collection agency didn't pay $140,000 for this lien, for right. this this debt, if you will. So I, I kind of, it sparked my interest because I, I, I know enough to know that collection agencies buy debts for pennies on the dollar. Right. So I thought, well, maybe there's an opportunity here. So that's where I started, and it turned out that I was correct. So there was an immediate offer, very, very low, I, I don't know, $30,000 or something like that. Right so from away. 140 right yeah. down to 30. Yeah, like almost immediately. So I think that, it started at 100 and then down to 30 or something crazy. Yeah. Well, you, you educated them on this house is going to auction. You're about to get zero. Right. Yeah. So um, something versus nothing is going to be better than than where you presently sit. So 100 and you said not a chance. Yeah. They came back with 30. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big drop. <laughs> so now – now it became a challenge for me. Now it kind of became fun. <laughs> yeah, because now you're at 300 plus 30. Yeah. Okay, so, so huh, now it's starting to make sense. Okay, and notice we're only talking about the first and second. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about Franchise Tax Board, and we'll come back to that second. So okay. during this time, you also, and this is really important for those listening, that the Franchise Tax Board, contrary to everybody's, or what we oftentimes hear is like, you owe taxes, so you can't sell your house. Right. Or they've got to get paid if you sell your house. And so tell us about how it worked with contacting the FTB. Well, thanks to you, <laughs> I, I uh, said, how do I, I – I just happen to know that there's, you know, a way that you can take a, a debt. And if, if truly the um, borrowers have no way to pay back the debt, they can essentially put it on hold. They, it's called a – Non-collectible status? Currently non-collectible. Currently non-collectible. CNC. There you go. Sounds spoken just like a tax guy. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. right. Former former. tax guy. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So I knew that that was a possibility. So I we made some phone calls, and they truly, neither one of them were in a position to be able to to repay anything. So we got them put into that status, Mm -hmm. which, and I got them to release the lien 
from the property, but not the debt. Correct. So the so the taxes they attach to their social security number as individuals. Correct. But there's we were able to demonstrate to the FTB that there's no equity mm-hmm. in this position. When they sell this, they need to release the lien simply so they could sell the property and not go through foreclosure. Exactly. Yeah. So now you got <laughs> this attorney's office hanging out here in fourth position. <laughs> And they're owed twelve grand. Yeah. So how the heck are you going to get an attorney to? Release? Oh, I just I just called and said, um, "Do you want nothing, or would you like twelve hundred bucks?" So they said, "Can you pay me in cash?" No, not really. <laughs> they said, "We'll take twelve hundred bucks, and yeah. how quickly can you get it to us?" Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, so a key part of of that, you know, is that I I stroked the check for twelve hundred dollars. Right then. So, yeah, because they didn't want to wait. So they said, if you want us to release it. Pay me 1200 now. So you paid 1200 bucks before all this other stuff is I did. coming to fruition. I what? did. I mean, we definitely don't teach students to do no, that. No, I, I, I absolutely. It's one of the things. One of my rules is don't put money into a deal that isn't completely solid, uh, which would be probably what I did. But I, there was a couple things that happened. I knew, number one, that, um, well, Frankly, $1,200 wasn't going to change our life one way or the other. So it was worth it for me to do that. I knew that I, I knew that I was going to create something. And part of the this whole process, I, I, I believe that the the effort that I was making was, you know, timing was still, was very, very strategic in that I had the first foreclosing, uh, which was creating urgency for everybody else behind the first mortgage. Sure. So that was both to my benefit and to my detriment, <laughs> right? Because it took years off my life um, <laughs> because it was very, very stressful. But it did create the urgency, which allowed me to negotiate with creditors. So I was willing to take the risk to, to write the check to get that lien released. For 1200 bucks. For $1,200, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was worth it to do that. So you get the fourth, the attorney releases the lien, gives them 1200 bucks. Franchise tax board says, no problem, they release the lien. Got that done very quickly. Second's there. Yeah. Second knows that any day this thing's going to auction. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the cool thing, well, again, the good and the bad um, with the collection agency was that I know that they get paid on what they collect. I know that the collection agent I'm speaking to is going to get paid off of. So I just, I mean, I probably argued with this collection agent like several times a day, <laughs> we developed quite a relationship. <laughs> she would hang up on me. <laughs> She'd be back. like, "You again?" And uh, so, you know, I. Anyway, it was it was it was uh, very very hot and heavy negotiations, uh, but I ended up coming to an agreement with the collection agent wherein I would pay uh, up front, not through escrow. Uh, but I would, I would, uh, I would essentially pay up the lien very much like I did. Uh, <laughs> I know, and Dave was holding his head, screaming at me. But you gave me permission. I asked. She says, "So they want eleven thousand dollars, and we have to wire it tomorrow." <laughs> uh, okay, so hold on. We're already out twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, we're into the second now for eleven thousand. Yeah. So in this yeah, so they didn't want to wait until we closed. Yeah, See, they want their money now. Right. Well, it's because we had a once again, of foreclosure looming. So what they weren't going to do was wait until they didn't want to take that risk. So they said, we're not, if you make, if you make us wait while you're in escrow, we're not giving you the discount. Meanwhile, is the first having any conversation with postponing at all? Uh, I'm, I am, I am on a daily basis talking to the first, trying to get them to give me time to get them paid off. And I was absolutely dancing a jig of literally daily on the phone. I, I, 
yeah, I had escalated up to upper upper management at the lender, um, you know, which I tend to do often. Did you tweet them? I didn't tweet them because I don't think. Well, I didn't know to tweet at that point in time. But, Got it. Yeah, <laughs> you've done that before. I have definitely done that. No, it works. They they pay attention to Twitter more. They than They sure do. The phone. do. Absolutely. <laughs> So yeah. So anyway, they I, I was on a daily basis, and truly, I got down to the day before the auction. Wow! So the day before the auction, <laughs> we're out. Uh, we meanwhile, we've wired eleven grand to them. Yeah, they're paid off. Yeah, twelve hundred bucks to the attorneys paid off. Franchise tax board sets aside their lien. So now we're really dealing with a first of three hundred, plus we're owed twelve grand. Yeah. Well, we had a homeowner in the house too who needed. Yeah. <laughs> So that's where I was going to next. So meanwhile, what's the homeowner doing? Well, she find she found a place. Okay. But um so she has no had, money to move. Yeah, so I uh <laughs> I went to her new landlord and brought her landlord landlord six thousand dollars. <laughs> so the agreement we made with her was we'll give you six grand to move. Yeah. I wasn't gonna give it to her though. I I wanted it to go to the landlord. I but, actually met the owner of the property she moved into. And a cashier's check. Yes, payable to the landlord. Payable to the landlord yeah. on her behalf mm-hmm. to make sure that the rent actually got paid Yes, and they could move. Yes. Got it. And they didn't get moved. They weren't no. even moving. So no. you had to end up, I know we ended up buying a bunch of boxes. Yeah, and I, feel, I'm, I packed boxes. <laughs> yeah, wow. You're in the trenches moved sometimes. <laughs> so another big key on all this so in order to put out that money, we were really confident that we could sell those house very quickly as is because you mentioned in the very beginning that the house was dark and oppressive and and we're very much, you know, we don't have to do deals right? Um, if we don't want to do them. And this was a house that I didn't want to fix and flip. Right. Neither one of us did. I, I wasn't interested in flipping it either. I wasn't interested in being that house any no. longer than I had to. Right. But we also have relationships with plenty of buyers mm-hmm. in this area would take that house all day long. Absolutely. So we knew that that was, that was taking place, right? So Yeah, so in my mind, I was, I was, yeah, I wanted to wholesale the house out. That's what it comes down to. I knew that I was going to, I think you and I had, had the conversation and we were, I don't think there was much of a conversation. We were both in agreement. You know, truly, I, I, this whole thing started with the intention of helping the homeowners get out uh, and it didn't really think there was going to be an opportunity to make any money. Right. And then at some point I realized, well, maybe there will be an opportunity. And once I think we realized that we had the conversation, we both said, no, don't, don't have any interest in flipping it. And we knew we were going to wholesale it out. Right. So we ended up doing exactly that. So a big key, so a takeaway from all this, so we can talk about all the details of all these different liens and all this different stuff that's happening there. I mean, I'm talking to a powerhouse. I happen to be married to her at the same time for a long time, but I'm talking to someone who's extremely gifted and smart when it comes to knowing how to get through all these processes and negotiating and knowing all the rules and laws and so forth. And and I lean on you all the time for this stuff. I, I don't know half of what you know, right? So um, a really big key for that is, and I know our, our members and everybody in the club gets to pick your brain all the time and go through all this stuff and you teach all this stuff in your classes and so on. 
But to really watch it firsthand, like, play out, like, you know, I think we're on vacation when a bunch of this was happening. Yeah, we were. And uh, <laughs> you're still on the phone. I can remember yeah. you sitting there going, I need cell service. And Yeah. <laughs> we were at the river. We were at the river. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So crazy. I remember I had to go into weird places to get cell service to fight with the bank. <laughs> yeah. So a really huge key, like, takeaway from all this is, like, I would never – think about taking on like I would have walked away from this deal a hundred times I don't know how many people had to have knocked on her door mm-hmm. going to auctioning day how mm-hmm. many letters I mean mail was stacked mm-hmm. up on that table in that house of all the people that were mailing to her you know and so forth and, and you were able to step in get into her world as nasty and dirty and like beaten down as she was and and, and you treated her like a human being mm-hmm. you know and you gave her an opportunity whatever she did with that or, mm-hmm. or so forth you helped the ex-husband have peace of mind that his kids were not going to be on the street that night you know or in the next 10 days right you know got them into a good spot and at the same time we were able to put twelve thousand dollars out of our pocket mm-hmm and take the risk that we could get this thing done and pulled off in the timeline that we got it done. (laughs) (laughs) And then turn around and sell it. And we wholesaled that and made 40. I think right around 40. Right at 40, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Right at Mm $40,000. It was a heck of a payday. Sure. Had we fixed and flipped it, we probably wouldn't have made much more than that. Right. You know, based on the amount of work that it needed. I've since watched the property mm-hmm. and I saw that the guy we sold it to mm-hmm. turned around and sold it and he mm-hmm. made probably somewhere around 75. Mm-hmm. So he did really well. Is it the same guy that's bought no. it? Not the same one? No. So, you know, the moral of this story, I guess, if as we're looking through all this stuff is so property taxes, definitely different from. Income taxes, franchise tax board, Mm -hmm. IRS liens, right? So that was a really big key. Most people shied away from that because they didn't know they could do anything with it. Correct. This collection agent who said, give me a hundred grand or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's for sale. (laughs) You dug your heels in and said, yeah, let's, let's get back to the negotiating table. And they, when they dropped to 30, I, I saw the, the look in your eye of, I got them. Yep. Because they're going to drop more. Yeah. One of the things I think I learned through this was when you get told no, just ask a different way. Mm, rephrase. Yeah. Just rephrase it. You know, ask the same question, but just ask it. And, and yeah, just rephrase the question. Uh, and definitely it 100% uh, sharpened my negotiation skills. And also I think, you know, tenacity. Yeah. So just not being willing to give up. Yeah. There was an opportunity um, it was a win, 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 win. It absolutely was. It was the, the right thing to do, and I was committed to the right outcome. Yeah. So, and that's really why I wasn't. I can say this. I can say I was not one hundred percent. I was not committed to a payday. I right. was not. I was committed to creating a win-win. I wanted to. I wanted this deal to end up right. Yeah. And uh, that's really why I kept on moving the way I was moving and fighting the way I was fighting. I just wanted us to get our money back. I know you did. Well, and I, <laughs> and I did too. I did too. But our twelve thousand dollars. I know. I know. I, I was like I said. I I just I I and I think that's for me. You know, I learned later that that's a strategy that I did. I didn't even know there was an actual strategy called forcing equity. There you go. Right. And I didn't even know that that was a. And, and to me, it wasn't 
you know, oh, I'm going to force equity. To me, right. it was, I see a problem, so I'm going to go in and solve it. And, you know, that is truly why I, I just put my head down and went to work. Right. Do not try this on your own. <laughs> <laughs> Do not try this on your own. Yeah. Do not ship money to the fourth position and <laughs> hope your deal works out. This is, she's underplaying her experience. Um, she's had years and years and years of dealing with this as a paralegal and working for attorneys and, you know, a long time in this industry. And so you knew what you were doing. And that's, yeah. that's really, really key. Those of you that, that are listening, get yourself with people that know what the heck they're doing, joint venture with them, partner with them, whatever you want to call it and create those opportunities as well. Cause real estate deals are, are definitely, definitely not found. They are 100% created and this is about as creative as you could possibly get. <laughs> Hats off to you, honey, because I would have walked away from this all day, yeah. every day, and instead that that uh, put a nice payday in our pocket and probably ages a couple years. But Yeah, I feel like I got gray hair from it, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, we'll leave you guys with that, and uh, we'll catch you guys uh, around the club, and we're uh, going to call it a wrap. It's a wrap. That's it. Boswell's flipping out. <laughs> Peace.